This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, Hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace LeRae. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, The Hashtag Team welcomes you to our Big Man Bracket. This is going to be a great show today, but before we get to that, i got to bring on my Hashtag Team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how are you doing today after that ass beating I gave you last week? Um, My ass doesn't feel good, but what really doesn't feel good is that you completely butchered our intro and went full New Age Outlaws on us instead of introducing us as... The Creative Team! I know, I just couldn't wait to get gloating and just be happy about returning order to the world and winning a fantasy draft. But this week we're doing another bracket and I gotta say I'm really excited because the last time we did one of these brackets, um, it got more heated than when we do these fantasy drafts and we're actually competing against each other. So... (laughs) Uh, what are you looking forward to most today? Um, I love these brackets because we actually get really passionate about who we think is better based on whatever subject we're talking about. And since this one holds a special place in our heart, being big man wrestlers, we get to decide who we feel is the best big man wrestler of all time. And we're going to organize this in a 32-man bracket. We're going to discuss and debate and dwindle it all the way down until we decide who is the greatest big man of all time. I'm really excited. I cannot wait to get into this. Yeah, we we avoided the bodybuilders today. We're going with the guys that, you know, were much like you and I at one point, 400 pounds or over 6'7". And uh, I know that as we get into this bracket, the debate is going to become exceptionally hot. But time is a-wasting. Let's get right to us. We're going to bring on our guest right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so our guest today is, uh, you know, I always like to put over my sister, Candice LeRae, but today I'm going to be putting over my cousin, Jeremy James. He has a show, Kick Rocks. It is the hip-hop alternative on Dirty Radio FM. Jeremy, how are you doing today, sir? I'm fired up, ready to talk some big fat guys. Yeah, it, you know, I always, I always like to bring you on because I wouldn't be a wrestling fan without you, sir, so... Uh, there's probably a good chance that my sister wouldn't be NXT Women's Tag Team Champion right now if you did not exist in our life. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And that's why uh, I always go to you when we're ready to talk some big man old school wrestling. Yeah, I'll tell you, I take pride in that. The fact that uh, I turned the, most of the family into wrestling fans over the years. It, it's a little bit of a celebration and victory for me. It is awesome because, you know, I met Jeremy as a on-screen, if you will, commissioner of our wrestling organization that I, that's how I met all of you. My fondest memory of Jeremy is we got to work together in a 10-man tag where him as the commissioner came out and had a match with, you know, with the baby faces and all the heels. And we had our one spot together where he gave me, and I was near 500 pounds at the time, a spine buster. And for my money... It was the biggest pop of the match, <laughs> other than us not catching Warren in that, in that, that <laughs> punch. 
<laughs> I got you about two inches off the mat, so. Yes. Today, we are doing our big man bracket, and uh, we're excited for it because we got three big men right here. And this debate is going to be great. I cannot wait. But looking at the bracket, Jeremy, uh, do you have a favorite or or a couple guys you're interested in seeing today? Yeah, you know, I've I've got a few of my favorites from over the years. Uh, you know, I'm keeping my eye on guys like uh, Vader, who uh, is an old favorite of mine. Uh, Bam Bam, of course, uh, another old favorite. And you know, everyone loves the Undertaker. I kind of like his brother, so. We'll see how Kane does over the next few rounds. Yeah, the mayor. Yeah, he's a mayor of a town now. So that means he's smart, right? Aren't politicians <laughs> smart? Uh, well, they're definitely good at working. So there's that. <laughs> For today, the task at hand is to get through this bracket. And the debate gets really hot in these uh, for Jeremy, who's just joining us for the first time on one of these brackets. We actually... Uh, got more into each other debating these brackets than we have during our fantasy drafts where we're actually competing against each other. So uh, since the debate gets so hot, we came up with a rule. Ron, would you like to explain the Darso rule? The Darso, you get to repossess someone's vote. If you feel so strongly and you're outvoted, you can move your pick on. And when you hear this, that means... Someone has used their Darso, and their pick is moving on. Whether you like it or not, everybody gets one, and it's my favorite part of the bracket, because I love seeing the look on people's faces when it's used. <laughs> so, gentlemen, are we ready to do this bracket? Let's do it. All right. So, today's episode, we will go through the first round, uh, 16 matches. Um, so, starting right off, the number one seed. Arguably the greatest big man of all time, the biggest draw of the 1970s, Andre the Giant, taking on the giant Kamala, Ronald. Um, Yeah, it's a no-brainer. You got to go Andre here. You know, the dude was undefeated for 15 years and, and then lost for the first time on the biggest show ever and skyrocketed Hulkamania even further than it already was. So, yeah. Andre is moving on, and it's going to be hard to uh, <laughs> top that going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a no-brainer. Uh, Andre the Giant uh, is going to easily win uh, most of these matchups here. Um, we do have some interesting matchups later on in the bracket, though. Just looking ahead, um, this could get really hotly debated. Like I said, Andre is my favorite big man of all time. So uh, we're going to have fun today. Um, now, Jeremy, slightly older than us, was actually uh, old enough to remember everything leading up to WrestleMania 3 and didn't have to like relive it on tape later. So, Jeremy, your perspective on Andre the Giant and Kamala. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, I grew up watching these guys on Saturday mornings and squash matches, and then every once in a while on Saturday night's main event. And yeah, Andre is definitely going over here. Uh, I remember being a big Andre fan as a kid and being totally devastated when he turned on Hulk Hogan and ripped his chain off and his shirt off. And then the, you know, the Saturday night's main event with the, uh, the extra referees, he made me love and hate Andre. And, you know, that, that's what he did. He just either loved the guy. And then when he turned heel every, you know, against Hulk Hogan, everyone hated him and he did both of them perfectly. Kamala was fun. You know, he came out with his big old mask and his slapping his belly. I love the belly slap. 
uh, more than anything about Kamala. So and a belly slap's not going to get you past Andre. <laughs> All right. So starting off good, no debates. But then next match, we're going right to that 16-17. So this one is really tough. This is uh, going to be a little more difficult, I think. This one might get a little more hotly debated. But, uh, and this one was fun when I was looking it up. I'm glad these guys lined up together. Uh, the big boss man taking on former partner, I guess, Akeem, but as one man gang. So the big boss man versus one man gang, Ronald. Oh, I got to go boss man here. You know, I like one man gang, but big boss man has childhood appeal. That, that cop outfit, the old school blue cop, cop outfit is so is so awesome. And then growing up, Attitude Era boss man doesn't get enough credit. A lot of his stuff in the Attitude Era was so out there. Your you daddy's know, dead! Your daddy's yes. dead! <laughs> in, the, in the Blues Brothers car. Like, it's everything you want. And, you know, I, I yeah, I gotta go boss man. All right, so this will be the first time that Jeremy has to earn his money today uh, because I'm going one-man gang. I really like, I mean, especially pre-Akeem, the dream, you know, when he was the African dream, one-man gang could really go for a guy his size. And uh, I always remember the WrestleMania 4 match with Macho Man um, where he was a big part in putting him over in that tournament to really help make him and solidify him at the end of the night. So I'm going to go one-man gang here. So, Jeremy, you have the deciding vote in this matchup. Where are you going? Uh, you know, again, both of these guys were a lot of fun. Uh, enjoyed hating them in the 80s. But when, when I think back, I, I remember one-man gang and Akeem, and I, I know what he did, you know, the tag team uh, and all that, but Bossman had a bigger impact, I think, as far as what I remember. Some of his feuds, some of his matches, even the ones that were terrible. I mean, he was part of one of the worst matches of all time. That whole <laughs> thing with Al Snow and the extra cages and the dogs. And the, do the dogs shitting at ringside and humping at ringside. <laughs> one of the worst debacles ever. But even with something like that, the Bossman, I think, just had a bigger impact and... I remember his feuds more with like Hogan and you know and uh, Jake the Snake and stuff like that. So I, I have to go boss man on this one. All right, I'm not mad at it. We're it's not it's definitely not Darso worthy just yet. But uh, moving on to the next match in this round, this one is fun. Uh, this is the match that I think actually could be a show stealer right here, uh, as we have the great big Yokozuna taking on the Monster Abyss. Um. Yeah, oh man, this is tough though. I think just for the, this would be a good time to have an upset and make somebody, I, I'm going to go Abyss here. I'm going with Abyss versus Yokozuna. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? To Yokozuna? No, I, I can't I can't do that to Yoko. Yoko, he was like, he. the dude was a worker, like. I remember I sent you a Snapchat of him selling for Undertaker, and it was the most genius thing I've ever seen. He took one punch, he stumbled his fat ass through the ropes, landed on his feet, took a tumble back, and then hit the, the ring post. And it was all just a pinball machine, and it looked so silly. I'm really shocked that you went abyss on this one. But no, no, we gotta disagree here. I go Yokozuna, for sure. 
All right, Jeremy, the deciding vote. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of both of these guys, I'll be honest. Uh, I really did like uh, watching Abyss in his heyday in uh, TNA and Impact. Uh, he had some great matches. You know, he created the whole Monsters Ball thing, and uh, it, it was fun to watch in that Cactus Jack kind of way as far as his matches being, you know, kind of crazy and violent. But it's Yokozuna. You know, it, it's one of those things where the man's a legend. Um, I feel like he just, because of the era he was in and being in the WWE at the time, he just did more with his career. Uh, more people got to enjoy what he did. Uh and, I think it's a great matchup, and I'm kind of on the fence because I am an Abyss fan, but when it comes right down to it, I think I have to go with Yoko uh, over Abyss in this first round. Uh, now, I will admit, I felt pretty sure about Yokozuna moving on, and I just wanted Rod to get that first fuck you out. <laughs> so I'm definitely not mad at it. Uh, so yeah, Yokozuna moving on to the next round. Now, this one is interesting. This is the first one where we don't have fat guys. We got two big old giants. We got big, sexy Kevin Nash taking on Matt Morgan. Ronald. This one's super simple. And before you pick Matt Morgan and then backpedal later, uh, I'm going to go Kevin Nash. You know, say what you want about his in-ring work. He changed the business. He's he, he became a draw when he went to WCW. His stuff as Diesel was childhood memories for me. Yeah, Kevin Nash easily moves on from Matt Morgan. Now. I will not fuck with you on this one. It's easily Kevin Nash or Diesel or Oz. I would put Oz over uh, Matt Morgan. So no worries here. We're not. <laughs> there's there's no question. Kevin Nash going over in this match. Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, again, this is an easy one. Nothing against you know the blueprint, Matt Morgan or anything, but you know the guy was like. Uh, you know, a, a bit of impact that never actually struck. You know, he, he he just never got over the hump. So, yeah, Kevin Nash, Big Daddy Cool, Diesel, Oz. Wasn't even Vinny Vegas? Yes. Vinny Vegas, yes. So there you go. Um, yeah, they all get over Matt Morgan. All right. Easy. Now, on to one that's a little more difficult, but I feel like this is going to be a clean sweep because uh, I think we all absolutely love this guy. Bam Bam Bigelow taking on... The murder hawk monster, Lance Archer. Thanks for coming, Lance. But Bam Bam is <laughs> one of uh, Bam Bam is one of my main influences. Like, like he, it was the first guy where like I went to wrestling training and someone told me watch this guy. Like I already liked Bam Bam as a kid, but like when someone like actually gave me homework, uh, Bam Bam was uh, on the list, and I I freaking love Bam Bam. He he does he didn't look like he ever blew up. I loved his early WWE stuff. I loved his, e I loved all of his ECW stuff. The dude's just freaking awesome. I love his tattoos, even though I would never have the balls to get my head tattooed. Um, but yeah, easy vote for me. Bam, bam, moves on. Yeah, and and you know Archer's really great, and I think maybe in a few years this might be a tougher debate. Um, he's still writing his legacy. He's still got a lot of time left, but. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I know I was one of those early on saying, Ron, watch Bam Bam, watch Bam Bam, watch Vader, you know, watch these guys because they're big guys that can move, that do what the stuff you want to do, but also still keep to that monster style. I freaking, Bam Bam is going to be a tough out for me because there's not going to be a whole lot of matchups where I'm like, oh yeah, fuck Bam Bam. He's one of my all-time favorites regardless of size 
And uh, yeah, he's definitely moving on here. And uh, Jeremy. Yeah. Um, like you said, Lance has uh, a lot of uh, future ahead of him, uh, a lot of road to travel. Nothing against the guy. I think he's going to get better as he goes. But you're talking Bam Bam, the man's a legend. And he had such an impact when he debuted in the WWF uh, when I was a kid. I remember it because, you know, they it, for like months, they did this whole thing. Who's going to be Bam Bam Bigelow's manager? And then he brought us Oliver Humperdinck. How can you not love a guy who brought us Oliver Humperdinck to the wrestling world? So, yeah, his matches were great, and he was fun to watch. He was the first big guy you ever saw be real athletic and do his fancy little cartwheels and everything, and I loved it. So, yeah, bam, bam all the way. <clears throat> awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, the, right now, the second round is going to be just difficult to get through. I can tell you right now. But on to the next match. We have Tugboat taking on the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. And uh, I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one. The problem with Tugboat <laughs> is we're always going to remember the Shockmaster <laughs> when, when we bring up talking about Tugboat. And it's just really hard to forget about him tripping on the wall and making that debut, which was just epic it made our top 10 debuts list we did a little while back because it was just such an impact in the wrong way uh so it's really hard to <laughs> to put him over mark henry um especially since mark henry's a hall of famer and a multi-time world champion so pretty easy decision for me mark henry moving on ronald another problem with tugboat is you remember him as tugboat uh <laughs> Uh, just a big boat, and uh, he's uh, he's sinking today, ladies and gentlemen. It's an easy vote for me too because I like Mark Henry. I think he's he, he had such a long story of getting better, and I figure I think he didn't get like good good until like 2011 uh, when he when they finally put the title on him. And I love when he did the fake out retirement when he wore that fly-ass salmon suit and slammed John Cena, it was like the biggest moment, biggest crowd reaction of his career, and I still remember that fondly. But yeah, world's strongest man, sexual chocolate, moving on. Jeremy. Yeah, um, Tugboat's one of those guys. Everything he, I don't even know if it was all his fault, but everything just was so bad for this guy. Uh, I mean, really, the only moment he had that was any good was when he was Typhoon. And part of, you know, the tag team, Natural Disasters with Earthquake, you know, that's that's the only time he had a decent little run. You send a guy out in that sailor hat and that outfit where you dressed a, a child in to take, you know, baby pictures. And it just toot toot. It was ridiculous. Even as a kid, I thought it was dumb. So, yeah, Tugboat, Shockmaster. Sorry, I mean, Mark Henry, like, I agree with Ron. He just got better and better and better and finished off his career better than I thought he was going to. And, yeah, Mark Henry's the man, especially against Tugboat. <laughs> yeah, but see, you also got to live through the Tugboat heel turn on Hulk Hogan, and then they just, you know, took a left turn and, and gave his push to Sergeant Slaughter. But uh, I, I know, like, uh, my buddy Vince, who was alive and of consciousness when that happened, he hates Tugboat to this day because of that heel turn, so... Uh, yeah, you know, we're being nice to Typhoon here, but, uh, yeah, no, no brainer. Mark Henry moves on. Um, now this, this match may be the
the most hotly debated one of the first round. Um, we've got Paul White, the big show, taking on Big John Stud, Ronald. Now, see, I'm going to get accused of, of uh, a term that was made up by Cole, recency biased. But it's just, for this, it's still a no-brainer. Because Big John Stud, he's had some amazing moments, and he was like one of the big guys back then. But you're talking longevity. Uh, you're talking, you know, bell-to-bell things that this guy can do. You know, say what you want about how he was booked, which was atrocious. I'm going in-ring and longevity on this one, but uh, got to go big show out of these two. Well, okay, so here's where we get into the peripherals right now. So if we've got Big John Stud here and we got him in his prime at the at the top of his push, that means we also get some Bobby Heenan action uh, at ringside. And so uh, if we got promos leading up to this match with Big Show and uh, Bobby Heenan, because Big John Stud's not going to say shit if Bobby Heenan's there with a microphone, uh, that in and of itself is interesting and fun. And then you start thinking, okay, how long do I want Bobby Heenan around out here? Um, but does Bobby Heenan and big John stud outweigh the big show in his 20 years? He just, you know, delivered us in WWE and the great matches and the moments like the exploding ring and stuff like that. And I just, as much as I love Bobby Heenan, I don't think I could do that at this point and eliminate big show in the first round to big John stud. So I'm going to agree here by just slightly. I don't think it's as easy as Ron makes it out to be, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go big show to you, Jeremy. Yeah. I, I I've got to go big show. Um, yeah. I, I did get to watch some big John stud growing up and uh, yeah, I remember some of his matches and you know, he was great for a big guy, but the, the impact that big show has had over the last 20, 25 years from his, you know, debut in WCW uh, all the way to, you know, like I said, the ring exploding, multiple championship runs, some great feuds, and just a lot of memorable moments from the guy over the years. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Paul White got thrown off of a building and survived and came out while the Yeti was butt-fucking Hulk Hogan and, you know, still survived falling off a building. So, I mean, this guy, pretty damn invincible. <laughs> And he was part of, and he was part of the most highest drawing match in WrestleMania history. <laughs> well, lately, but yeah, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Him and Floyd Mayweather was absolutely insane. So, why doesn't Big Show get more credit for that match with Floyd Mayweather? I just got like for me, for my money, that is by far the best celebrity wrestling match I've ever seen in my life. And like Big Show just doesn't get the love that he deserves for going out there with an untrained professional wrestler and and pulling off really a great match he made that sumo fight at 21 work even though it was weird and silly looking and he was in a thong the crowd was eating it up while it was happening all right so we are all in agreement big show moving on over big john stud and so now we've come to the last match of this portion of the bracket and i gotta admit there was a little bit of bracket manipulation here so i could get this match up because uh, we all saw when Vader made his debut in the WWF that one, one, you know, the way he made a big impact was to lay out Gorilla Monsoon. So we're going to get in our little time machine here. Gorilla Monsoon's going to be in his, you know, prime here and get a chance to get 
his payback on Vader, Vader versus Gorilla Monsoon. Ronald, who you got? It's funny because, you know, I have such a love for Gorilla, but not as a wrestler. It's just yeah. way before my time, way before my time. And I and I had such a love for Gorilla that I like was almost in tears when Vader gave him the Vader bomb on, on a Raw. And, and like, at that point, I never seen Gorilla, like, get touched or anything. So when it happened, it was, like, so devastating to me as, like, you know, I think I was 10 at the time. But, yeah, uh, just Vader's so good. I, 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 I gotta go Vader here. I love you, Gorilla Monsoon. But if we're talking bell-to-bell -bell wrestler, I, I gotta go Vader. I'm gonna let Jeremy go go before I do here. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm with Ron. I got to go Vader. Not only is he one of my favorite big guys, but, you know, what I know of Gorilla Monsoon, even as a kid, was him and Jesse as the announce team. And I loved listening to him and Jesse do their thing, but I could maybe count on one hand the amount of clips I've seen of Gorilla Monsoon wrestle. I don't really know much about his career before he was the uh, announcer for the WWF. So uh, I understand he had a good career and that, you know, that uh, he's a legend, but he, it was again before my time. I, oh, yeah. I, I know the man's voice, but I, I don't know his in ring career. But Vader, uh, I remember from back in the day when he debuted in WCW, then WWF, and he's had some of my favorite matches, and he's just one of my favorite big guys ever. So Vader moves on in my book. Yeah. And, and this one's a pretty easy one for me, although I do have the knowledge that at some point Gorilla Monsoon was such a big star in the wrestling business that he has a much lesser known, much lesser talked about boxing match with Muhammad Ali. Um, you know, we all hear about the Inoki Ali match, but um, you know, Gorilla Monsoon also was such a, such a big name and such a draw. He got to be in the ring with Muhammad Ali at one point. So, um, but like he said, there wasn't a lot of video from back then, so it is slightly hard to go back and find a whole lot of Gorilla Monsoon to watch. Um, great worker, though. Um, his selling is... Uh, I mean, I, I wish today's wrestlers would go back and watch more 70s wrestling so they could really see what's, like, great, amazing selling is, and we could get a little bit more of that back in the business. But, I mean, it's freaking Vader, and arguably... He's, you know, in the conversation in this in this realm as being the best ever. So uh, we love you, Gorilla Monsoon. Thank you for all the memories. But uh, Vader is Vader bombing your ass again, and you're going away. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gorilla, but when it comes to this bracket, will you stop? Ah, <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So on to the B side of the bracket. Uh, this is going to be another one of those where um, maybe this match might not be such a big deal. But as we move through this bracket, uh, this might be where my Darso is going to be heading. Um, I could just feel it right now in my mind. But this matchup, I'm not worried. But we got Bruiser Brody taking on, for the purposes of this being a heel babyface match, I'm going with King Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Viscera better, it's I'll give it up to you. It's your choice. Mabel slash Viscera versus Bruiser Brody. Ronald? I think I'm going to opt out of being first this time. Okay, fine. Fine. I'll go first. Uh, Bruiser Brody is one of the all-time greatest workers in the history of the business. 
Uh, and we would know that if he hadn't got freaking murdered in <laughs> in Puerto Rico, uh, because he definitely would have been involved in WCW and WWF at some point. Um, but I mean, he is as real as it gets. Uh, yeah, Bruiser Brody, easy win for me. As much as I loved Mabel as a kid, I'm still going Bruiser Brody. Yeah, um, yeah, Bruiser Brody has a bunch of awesome stories, and I loved like going back and watching some of the stuff that anyone would recommend. Like, you know, I didn't really just go to YouTube and just type in Bruiser Brody. I would just wait for someone to recommend a specific match, and the dude was as real as real can get. And boy, going out the way he went out, you know, it's it's almost poetic for the guy uh, he is or was rather. But was he a king? Oh, God. King Mabel. He sat on a throne because he won an entire tournament as oh, Mabel. Oh, God. Stop. He was a man on a mission. Don't do this. And then he became the heater for the Ministry of Darkness as Viscera. Oh, my God. And then he became Big Daddy V. And ass-raped someone in a Royal Rumble. No, 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 no. We're not there yet. Then he became... The world's largest love machine, Viscera, and forced Tris Stratus to go on a date with him, and then started humping guys in the ring. Oh God! How is any of that a loser in any bracket? So the choice is obvious. <laughs> I got to go, King Mabel, on this one. Oh my God, Ronald! <laughs> oh, you're such an ass. <laughs> This is why recency bias had to be brought up the last time. Please restore sanity to this show, Jeremy. And don't, don't make me use my Darso this early on in the day. <laughs> uh, sorry, Cole. I don't know anything about Bruiser Brody other than a oh few God. matches and a couple of documentaries. Uh, and I can't really pick a guy when I grew up watching this for his entire career. He was a king took Trish Stratus out, like you said. Uh, I, I wasn't a huge Mabel fan, but I don't know enough about Bruiser Brody to give him a vote. I'm not, you know, I'm not much of a wrestling historian. I started watching when I was like five years old in the early 80s, and it wasn't until, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago you can go back and watch a lot of this stuff, and I just never did. I got already too much wrestling up in my brain floating around. So <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, man. I based on your whole recency deal i've got to go viscer i gotta go with uh with ron before cole reacts one of my favorite lines in any viscera segment is when he did take out trish stratus and they were having dinner and he goes you know trish eating really puts me in the mood and then she goes well you must be horny every day <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's my problem now, because I have to make this decision right now. Uh, if you guys are going to put fucking Mabel over Bruiser Brody, <laughs> then there's really no reason for me to save Brody, because he's not going to make it further on in this bracket. Uh, he deserves to be in the finals. He deserves to beat The Undertaker and take on Andre in the finals. Um, but, like, again, if we're... Mabel! Mabel! Is going to go over on Bruiser Brody. Then, I mean, Sid and Ernie Ladd and Abdul, like, everyone's going to beat 
Bruiser Brody, if King Mabel is going to beat Bruiser Brody, the number 31 seed in this tournament is going to beat Bruiser Brody. So if I use my Darso, I'm going to be just completely wasting it at this point because Bruiser Brody is obviously not going to make it as far as he needs to. But God damn it, play the music, Ronald. Bruiser goddamn Brody is beating Mabel eight times a week, twice on Sunday. There's no shot in the world that Mabel, Mabel, uh, yeah, Bruiser Brody all day. Screw you guys. I'm using my Darcel and we're going home. Bruiser Brody is not out in the first round to Mabel. My God. King Mabel. Put some respect <laughs> on it. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yes. You guys proud of yourselves? Are you, are you, are you happy now? Oh. I mean, if this wasn't strategic at all. Yeah, I mean, you put Brody against the king. Oh, God. I, I, I kind of knew this was going to be, once you told me the Darcel rule, that this is going to be one of the ones that was it was going to be used on. Because I know how you think, Cole, and I know your mind's going to go on some of these. And I was like, okay, he, he's going to be on that Brody train. I just knew you would. So. <laughs> well, okay. So, so just for some reference... Take the Berserker, right? And now just imagine he's like one of the best workers ever. And that's what you got in Bruiser Brody right there. Like, like just take the Undertaker and put him inside that gimmick. And that's what we're looking at, guys. Fucking Mabel. Are you kidding me? When we were putting together this bracket and Brody's name came up, I was kind of on the fence because when I looked back and watched Brody's matches, you know, he's huge. But... He didn't wrestle that big man style. Like he wasn't staggering and like avoiding the bumps. I I always viewed him as like just an insane brawler. Well, yeah, but I will say he he did the no sell. Like he would you know get punched square in the face and be like fuck you and go through it. So so he's there. But I mean, also to be fair, uh, your favorite guy in this bracket walked the ropes every time and did dives. So I mean. <laughs> But he also he also did the no sell too, and like Tomohiro yeah. I, Tomohiro Ishii is like five two, and he does the no sell. That's so, fair. Yeah, fair so point. It, it, yeah, so I mean, I, I am being serious, but I'm not joking anymore. Like w when it comes to the big man bracket, I, I it, it's not about worker versus worker. I would definitely pick Brody, but for the for the integrity, I guess, of the bracket and the style, you know, I, I probably would have gone Mabel anyway without the pettiness. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> moving on is Bruiser Brody. And then the next match, this one is tough because here's a guy that's kind of like a hidden gem who never got the love and respect he deserved, never got the push he deserved. Uh, and so we've got A-Train here, Albert, whatever you want to call him, Lord Tensai, uh, Matt Bloom taking on the opposite, the guy who got that push and got, you know, that, that the world championships in psycho Sid vicious. So a train versus Sid and Ronald's face right there. I love the reaction. Uh, who you got? Uh, I, I loved a train as a train. Like when he went and did a train, like he came in as Prince Albert and then just kind of floated around. Then I think he went from that to TNA uh, just as regular Albert, and then from there he went to A Train, and that I I thought that was his best run in WWE. You know that definitely got him a WrestleMania match with Taker, even though he was just kind of a cast member, not really his main adversary. Yeah. Um. And he came back as Tensai for some reason, 
and then became Sweet Tea with Rodus Clay, and then became the head trainer over at uh, NXT. So, but, uh, yeah, Sid. Uh, some of my fondest memories is is involved Sid. Like when he came back after the the first run, and he and he was Shawn Michaels' second bodyguard, and then he kind of uh, wormed his way into the title picture and became champion. The pyro, uh, yeah, Psycho Sid was like the shit. And I and I think uh, this is an easy vote for me too. All right, Jeremy. Yeah, um, nothing against A Train, but I'm definitely going Sid. Uh, the thing about Sid was, yeah, he wasn't that great in the ring or anything, but even as a as a younger kid and watching him, he was believable that the man was insane. He just had, you know, the eyes, the the way he carried himself. When they called him Psycho Sid, I, I believed it. The man looked and seemed dangerous in the ring all the time. And I just, personality-wise, I think he had a bigger impact. A-Train, I could see his potential all the time, but they never gave him anything interesting. I, I he was always just kind of there. He was always filler for me, as talented as he was. Where Sid was a main eventer and had some great matches, I thought at at times. It's really good feuds, I guess I'd say, better than matches. So, yeah, you know, a, a train's cool. A train's good. I know he's a great trainer over in NXT, but he just did not have the impact Sid did. Sid Vicious or Sid Justice, however you want to look at it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, but see the beautiful part about this, as we proved our last bracket that, you know, impact on the business has nothing to do with it. Um, you guys, we could do whatever we want, but I think it's still a no brainer because at the end of the day, we are trying to draw some money. And, uh, while a train Matt Bloom had a fantastic run in Japan as a tag team champion and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, Sid is just one of those guys. You look at him, he, if you were going to just create a professional wrestler in the lab, what would come out is Sid Vicious. I mean, it's, it's just, it's a no brainer. This guy has to move on. Uh, we're all in agreement. And uh, yeah, that was simple. Um, now. Yeah. And I like, I like that a train went from a train to a trainer, but Sid, <laughs> but, but Sid, he's got to move on and good luck to you. Sid in this bracket, break a leg. Oh, is he still playing softball? Ah, <laughs> Probably. That's why he missed. He was supposed to be at Monday Night Raw. Uh, I don't. It probably Raw after. I think it was around Royal Rumble time. They had a reunion or something, and Sid No showed that, and so all these softball jokes came up again, and it was fantastic. But okay, so this was a, just maybe a smidge of of debauchery here in bracket manipulation um but i mean if you guys listen to wrestling podcasts you've all heard the stories of the big cat ernie lad bundy bundy you're stealing money every time you go out to the ring bundy you're stealing money you are the shits <laughs> so king kong bundy today getting his chance to shut up the big cat ernie lad <laughs> oh this one's a no-brainer for me because this is a guy I have gone back and studied. And the big cat Ernie Ladd, NFL player, fantastic mind for the business. I mean, he is one of the best heels I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, he was master manipulator of the donut hole out of the tights. And uh, I love watching Ernie Ladd. Um, I mean, it, it, an athletic six foot nine giant. Um, who did work that that style? But I mean, he was just such uh, 
a master of ring psychology. I really highly recommend uh, go find some Ernie Ladd stuff if you're a wrestling connoisseur and uh, you will be impressed. So this is an easy one for me. Ernie Ladd moving on. Um, yes, I have heard more stories of Ernie Ladd than I've seen matches. Um, and I've never, ever cared for King Kong Bundy. There you so go. I, I literally have no dog in this fight. But, <laughs> but for the sake of content, I'm just going to vote opposite and let Jeremy oh, pick. What a dick. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go King Kong Bundy here. You know, uh, I uh, my favorite wrestler in WWE today, Big E, used to use the five count. And that was inspired by King Kong Bundy. So for that and for that alone, King Kong Bundy moves on. <sighs> OK, Jeremy. All right, don't worry, Cole. I got you on this one. Because uh, I do know a bit more about Ernie Ladd than some of the other old guys. And like Ron, I was never a big King Kong Bundy fan. I, I can think of three moments with Bundy. That was his WrestleMania two match in the big blue cage with Hogan. Uh, part of Andre's Survivor Series team in the very first Survivor Series. And then his role in the Richard Pryor film, Moving, which was the best work <laughs> he ever did, honestly. So, yeah. Uh, he was pretty good gonna, in Popeye, too. <laughs> he wasn't in Popeye. That wasn't him. The big the big fat guy that did the boxing. Was it not? No, that was not Bundy. That was a whole other guy. But anyway. Oh. Yes. Um, Ernie Ladd over Bundy. Um, yeah, I never liked King Kong Bundy. He was his bald fat guy with a slinglet thing on. Yeah. You're the shits, Bundy. You're stealing money every time you cash a check. King Kong Bundy was very Humpty Dumpty, and I just couldn't get into it. All right, all right. There is some justice. In, in I feel a little better about Bruiser Brody now that the big cat has moved on. And uh, this is probably going to be the most interesting matchup of the first round. It's going to be violent. It's going to be exciting. Um, uh, and this definitely has to take place in Japan. Um, but Abdullah the Butcher... Taking on Giant Baba Ronald. Where are you going on this one? I gotta go, Abdullah. I uh, I've seen more matches. I've I've, I've laughed at more matches. Uh, the, <laughs> yes. the guy, the, the guy just like sucks you in. Like when he when he comes out to the end of his match, like you know, it's it's not the prettiest thing in the world. And for the life of me, I cannot. Whenever his name comes up, I cannot unsee him getting electrocuted in that match uh <laughs> and yeah um easy vote for me you know baba baba has his place in history for, for sure but uh just for my taste and the possibilities going forward in this bracket i gotta go abdullah oh this one's tough for me because i really do love me some abdullah the butcher um and it's also tough because i have a feeling that giant Baba is not big on the rotation of matches that Jeremy's gone and watched. Um, so I feel like either way, uh, it, it, the Abby's probably moving on here. Um, it's really hard to vote against a guy who lifted up his side titty fat and stuck a fork under there for safekeeping to use later in a match. <laughs> but uh, for continuity and just, you know, we're, these two men's spot in the business and the fact that a, all Japan pro wrestling is some of the greatest shit that's ever existed. I have to defend giant Baba here and go with Baba moving on. So it's one to one and Jeremy has the deciding vote. 
Yeah, I know Giant Baba by name and photo only. I, I, I've never seen video. I don't know anything about the man's career other than who he is. Abdullah, I've seen him attack people with sporks. Yes. How do you not love that? And yes, the fork thing is great. I saw the man steal someone's nachos and rub cheese in another opponent's eyes. How do you not love this stuff out of Abdul the Butcher? The man was crazy and just violent and a treat to watch. So I have to go with Abdul on this one. And, and I'm not mad at it. Like I said, Abdullah is one of my favorite guilty pleasures of all the time. So moving on... Um, now, this one could be interesting because if someone gives Hillbilly Jim a mic, we could be sitting here for 45 minutes uh, like we did at the Hall of Fame. But he is taking on one of the all-time legends, one of the greats of all time, one of the great trainers of all time, the man that brought us Triple H and Frankie Kazarian, Killer Kowalski versus Hillbilly Jim. Uh, Ronald, where are you at on this one? You know, this will surprise you because as much as I loved Hillbilly Jim, you know, I didn't go back and watch a lot of his in-ring stuff. Like, I, I've seen a few. But my introduction to him was just the fun-loving first manager of the Godwins, who I liked as a little kid. So, uh, that being said, uh, the, the, the very small handful of matches I've seen of Killer Kowalski and his, you know, his history as far as who he's trained and you know, his hand in making, I think I'm going to, you know, go old school on this one, even older than Hillbilly Jim. I'm going to go Killer Kowalski. <laughs> well, I will say that uh, my only real actual memory of Hillbilly Jim uh, would coincide with a King Kong Bundy memory in that just atrocious match with the little people at that WrestleMania where, oh my God, it, it that <laughs> uh, Hillbilly Jim was the shits. <laughs> And uh, Killer Kowalski is a master of ring psychology. This is a no-brainer for me, Killer Kowalski. Uh, Jeremy. Yeah, we're going to go three for three. Um, again, Killer Kowalski on, is on that you know, line where I don't know a lot about him, haven't seen much. But I was never a Hillbilly Jim fan, to be honest. Uh, even as a kid, I know he was supposed to be the big baby face. But the only memory I have is the same one Cole has. I could not recall any Hillbilly Jim moment or match other than that little man triple threat match at WrestleMania three, which was just, ugh. so <laughs> yeah, sorry, Hillbilly, you know, even it was fun loving and all, but I'm going to go on the side of history here with the legend, uh, killer Kowalski. All right. All right. No, no cursing and no, no argument there. Thank goodness. Um, okay. So this one is interesting. Uh, in that it's probably happened. I don't particularly have a memory of this match happening, but I'm like a thousand percent positive this match has happened in life. But the new WWF or WWE Hall of Famer, the great Kali, taking on the new Hall of Famer, Kane. Ronald. Oh, this match has definitely happened. And it's not pretty. But. <laughs> there it is. Um, and, but. It's it's a no-brainer. It's Kane. Uh Kane uh Kane was a counterpart to, you know, what's well documented on this show. My favorite wrestler as a kid, The Undertaker, but got me into wrestling. You know, the, his storyline, his introduction as Kane, and let's just talk about Glenn Jacobs, like everything he's done up until Kane, 
you know, gets laughed at, but the dude took it and went with it and yeah, had a great career, made made a gimmick like that last as long as it did. And, you know, you would think like that's like a one time thing. A gimmick that that fiction, you know, lasting that long can only be held by the Undertaker, but somehow another dude got a gimmick like that over for as long as he did. Glenn Jacobs is moving on, hands down. Well, all I have to say about this match is, that's gotta be, that's gotta be Kane! Moving on, because, I mean, you know, good for Kali. I'm glad he's really helped popularize wrestling in India, and he definitely has his place in history, but um, I'd almost rather see the Giant Gonzalez than Great Kali. It's it's kind of a toss-up, so, uh, yes, it's gotta be Kane moving on. Jeremy? I know in your original bracket that you showed me, Kali wasn't in it, and I questioned it, you know, you know, I know he wasn't any good, but he was huge. He uh, had a big impact for his uh, small time, and you know, he was a champion and all. But uh, up against Kane, obviously, I'm going to go Kane. I was not a great Collie fan. I just felt like he deserved one of the 32 spots in the big man tournament, and we knew he was going to go out in the first round, especially with someone like Kane. Uh, Kane's just been so consistent. And so good for so long, uh, it, it's hard to argue with that. A lot of these guys, I think, are going to have a tough time up against Kane just because he's been doing it for so long at the top of the game. So, Kane 100%. All right. Okay, now this is the only match in the bracket where I I really had no idea where this is going to go, how it's going to break down. Uh, I don't even I don't even quite know how I want to vote this match because I love both of these guys and they both belong, you know, in this tournament. Um, but just the way it worked out, these guys had to face each other in the first round. So we've got Earthquake taking on Rikishi. Ronald. No. Right? This is tough. It's funny because, like, it shouldn't be difficult. But it is, like the more you think about it, because on one hand, you got one of the most impactful big men, you know, in the sense that he was booked very well. Anybody who beats Hulk Hogan decisively has a place in history. Oh, for sure. You know, no matter what size or style you wrestle, but for Fatu Rikishi to eat as much shit as he did for so long only to get like box office over that too cool thing we look back at it and laugh oh, at yeah. it but it was a high drawing segment every week they they just wanted to see his big ass dance and rub his ass in someone's face uh and like his whole career was made after that you know and that was during my fandom of course but <sighs> Earthquake. Earthquake. Earth, earthquake is just so you look back and and it's and it's only it's funny because they they both have similar careers. Whereas he I felt he was like earthquake and then dwindled down to all this other bullshit. Whereas Rikishi dwindled up from all this bullshit to Rikishi. So it was like a long progression up for one and just a long progression down for the other one. Who do you go with? Can we have the first 
tie ever. <laughs> who, who, who gets well, a buy? The draw means nobody moves on, so we have to nobody moves somebody. on, so someone yeah. gets a buy. But no, uh, fuck. Uh, I'm gonna go earthquake. All right, earthquake. Okay, so uh, this one is all. I, a t- it's really tough. I mean, this one's really tough. I love earthquake. I know earthquake is one of those guys. Early on, I told I, you know. That I said, Ron, watch Earthquake, do this, the belly-to-belly suplexes. But, like, the thing that people don't really give Earthquake enough credit for is that he was an incredibly athletic man. Like, he played sports his whole life. He was a very good sumo wrestler in Japan. um, And he was really, really athletic for his size. And if you do have a chance to go back and watch anything he did in Calgary, it's absolutely worth it. Um, because the work rate in Calgary is on another level, especially in the 80s. Um, but Rikishi uh, is one of the first big-name professionals um, who recognized greatness in my sister. And she did a show for Rikishi. She was on the undercard, and I believe she wrestled Shirley on this. But my sister got the most heat all night long. So she was on before break and obviously it's Rikishi's show. He's in the main event. He saw what kind of like radioactive heat my sister got at this Samoan flag day. So this is like 500 Samoans just standing behind a rope and she's got them at a fever pitch pissed off level. Right. And I'm sitting with Rikishi's mom, by the way, who was fantastic and offered us food like she she first she gave us side eye because we were standing by the the family section and she goes who are you and i said uh my sister's restaurant she's like oh your family sit down and she's like you want some pancakes like i mean it was the greatest day but so rikishi saw my sister getting this radioactive heat decided on the fly at the break <clears throat> that she needed to be involved in the main event and he christened her with a what the nicest stink face of all time but he did stink face my sister uh so rikishi's moving on <laughs> in my book so we got a one-to-one tie and now i give it to jeremy when it comes to these two it is it is tough uh two different eras um the thing about earthquake uh i remember more of his matches i think when i think of rikishi i think of one particular match uh he had a fantastic match against Triple H on Raw one night when they did some kind of uh, storyline where I think they drew a name out of a hopper and who, you know, someone from the back was going to get a championship match against Triple H and Rikishi went out there and killed it. Uh, or the best match I've ever seen him have. Other than that though, I mean, I know him as a dancer and a stink facer and the fact that he stink faced, well, Candice, I thought was fantastic. And that might put him over uh, a little bit. But when it comes right down to it, I think the guy who was a little better in the ring and I think had better matches overall, I got to go with Earthquake on this one. That, that, that would be my choice. I love Rikishi. Nothing against him. He was a lot of fun. But pure wrestling and great matches, uh, Earthquake, I think, gets the nod. All right, I'm not mad at it. So, the final match. The final match of the first round. Uh, this one, I kind of did tongue-in-cheek because uh, I sent out my original, original list before I even sent it to Jeremy, so he kind of had an idea what was going on today. And Ron's like, what about Big Cass? And I'm like, 
okay. I mean, he's not a guy I would ever think of, but I will say this. Uh, there are some guys on this list um, who are much worse in-ring bell-to-bell than Cass, and I know that because Cass got to wrestle Daniel Bryan, and so I know it exists in the world a really good match with Big Cass, so I decided to put him on this list, and he made the bracket, but just to make sure there was no shenanigans and funny bullshit going on here, he's taken on The Undertaker, Ron, so Big Cass versus Undertaker, who you got? How you doing? Uh... (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, when it comes to Big Cass, there's only one word to describe him, and I'm going to spell it out for you, and that's G-A-W-N-E, gone, <laughs> Undertaker moves on. Ah, oh, ah, oh, good, okay, so, yeah, this would be the time where I could fuck with Ron, uh, much like he did with Bruiser Brody earlier in this. But, uh, yeah, it's Big Cass, and it's Undertaker, and it's Undertaker, (laughs) and it's Undertaker. So, uh, this is a no-brainer. This would be about three minutes of just destroying Big Cass and Undertaker moving on very strong. Uh, Jeremy? Yeah, I would take Mean Mark Callis over Big Cass. (laughs) So, yeah, we've got to go Undertaker. You know, he's legendary, and Big Cass is what he was um yeah I, I i can't even you know mess around with this and try to use my darso just to screw things up because it's big ass so no it's undertaker 100 percent. all right all right so that completes the first round uh and we will just go over it um andre versus boss man coming up yokozuna versus kevin nash bam bam bigelow taking on mark henry Oh, I love this matchup. The Big Show versus Vader. Bruiser Brody versus Sid. That could be interesting. The Big Cat Ernie Ladd taking on Abdullah the Butcher. Killer Kowalski taking on Kane. Oh, that's a great matchup. And then finally, the Big Earthquake versus Undertaker. So next episode next week, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be some debate. There's going to be some hurt feelings. Uh, It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. But, uh, yeah, thanks for being with us, Jeremy, for the first part of this. We're going to have you back for the second part next week. And uh, uh, how has this experience been for you so far? Oh, it's been great. Uh, And honestly, like you said, the second round, there's matchups in the second round I would like to see in real life. I wish we could get some of these booked. Uh, There's going to be some exciting stuff coming up. And I'm already having trouble on some of these matchups I'm looking at. Yeah, uh, just just to tie into that, like this this one is way more aggressive than the tag team one. I feel already because we've already had arguments in the first round, and we've already had a Darso played in the first round, whereas we didn't start playing our Darsos until the second round. And I'm really interested to see where these matches are going to take us, conversation wise. Uh, the matches you just read off again, to Jeremy's point, I want to see today. Uh, so I'm excited as all hell. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this week with the creative team. Thank you, Jeremy, for being here with us. And as always, my hashtag team partner, I love you so much, Ronald. Uh, Keep posting those pictures of you losing weight and running up and down the mountain so that uh, you're going to have to be a cruiserweight by the time uh, we do the next tournament. It's going to be Ron the cruiserweight. Yes. (laughs) So, all right, so for Ron and, oh, for Ron, Jeremy and I, Uh, Thanks for being with us today and uh, join us next week when we conclude the big man bracket 
And uh, thank you. Good night and moi.